0: Coming up, the number one fantasy book podcast, breaking down the scrolls and spells of nerd culture. We are Fontology. You may have heard of us. It draws you in right away. And this was a book that I binge read in like two days and was unable to do anything else. I found it at my grandparents' house on vacation. And I was basically AWOL the rest of the vacation because I was holed up reading this book I was a big nerd when I was younger. Still am. I mean, no surprise, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you. Yeah. I really like Name of the Wind as well. I think that it's really hard to recommend
0: knowing yeah. that it
1: might not be finished.
0: All right, so on that note, Josh, as you flex, we are live. We are throwing together a last-minute coverage of uh i guess just a random topic we want to talk about and we're going to go through our discord channel list which is extensive probably too extensive probably needs to be cut down i'm talking the phantology discord and we're just going to talk through a bunch of different series no spoilers so zero spoilers if you haven't read a series we might say like character names and names of locations or like general things about what the magic is like, etc. But we're not going to do any plot spoilers. So certainly. So like very, very minor. If you're someone who doesn't want to know anything about a series, then you probably don't want to listen. But other than that, you're safe to listen to this. So Josh, uh, what do you think? Where, where should we get started here?
1: Well, I think we should start where most people start. So say you read, you've read Harry Potter and you loved Harry Potter, but you really haven't picked up another book since, but you're wanting to get back into fantasy. So let's talk about maybe some good series that that person might enjoy.
0: Okay. So this is a, someone who read Harry Potter when they were a teenager, basically someone our age, probably involved in the Harry Potter craze. And is maybe like read Harry Potter 10 times over and swears by it. But now we're saying like, Hey, there's other stuff other than Harry Potter that you could maybe try as well. And where would yeah. that person go?
1: So so this is a person that has the Deathly Hollows like tattooed on their wrist, you know? Okay. We love Harry Potter here at Phantology, but yeah, let's branch out a little bit. So I think that the natural place for somebody who liked Harry Potter to, to go is, I think, Mistborn.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And we talked about this in our Mistborn review. We've done... We've only done one Mistborn review thus far. I mean, there are six books out, seven if you count Secret History. But we covered the first one, and that was a big selling point of the series. That's something that Daniel Green has talked about a lot as well.
1: Yeah, so I think it it has a young protagonist. It has some good magic in it. It's well fleshed out. The magic system is really presented to you really easily. You know, like everybody can understand it. The writing is not super detailed. It's very digestible writing.
0: Yeah, so Mistborn is Sanderson's first series. This is not his first book. His first book was Elantris, and then he published the Mistborn trilogy, and then he got recruited to finish The Wheel of Time. So Mistborn was the series that Harriet, Robert Jordan's widow, liked enough to say, hey, Brandon, I trust you to finish The Wheel of Time, which is... I would say the second most Hallmark fantasy series out there behind Lord of the Rings. So it it was pretty impressive to, you know, someone, a a professional in the industry, Uh, Robert Jordan's wife was his editor as well. And like you were saying, Josh, it's got a fantastic magic system. It's got great characters. We have a young female protagonist. Um, I know that's one thing that really hooks people right away because we've talked about this on Phantology that there aren't enough female protagonists. And Vin in Mistborn is awesome and someone that really people of all walks of life, I think, can connect with. So really no reason to just try Mistborn if you like Harry Potter and liked kind of the YA fantasy scene.
1: Yeah, um, I know that there was like a push to get YA covers or covers that would uh, appeal to YA audience. I don't know if I would classify as as Mistborn as YA, but it does have YA themes. And yeah, I I really liked it. It was kind of my first passion that I really loved in fantasy. So like I, I read Harry Potter and then I read Lord of the Rings. I'd read all these things like when I was a kid, but then you guys introduced me to um, wheel of time. I read the first like five wheel of time books and I liked them, but I got burnt out. And then I picked up Mistborn and fell in love with it.
0: And many have, and it, it's really kind of catapulted Sanderson's career to the next level. So yeah, I can't, so so let's say Mistborn is our first recommendation. That's where we would push someone who wants to get, get into more of the adult fantasy scene. Mistborn is, is maybe the first one to try. And like you say, it kind of straddles line with YA, but there's enough uh, more mature themes and violence. There's not much, in, by the way, of content. It's, it's a PG-13 rated book, I would say. So it's a pretty natural progression.
1: Yeah. And it's not too long either. That's what I like about it too. Like the initial trilogy, the books are hefty, you know, what, six, 700 pages maybe, but it's three books. The one negative thing I would say is that I think if I remember right, there's some pacing issues and the writing is, some might say bland, you know, like there's not a whole lot of real flowery language.
0: A little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's digestible, you know, it's bland, but it's digestible.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's her criticism. And it is, you know, it's the second trilogy that he came out with. And I think if we're expecting greatness right off the bat from an author, you're, you know, you're fooling yourself. Yeah, but Mistborn, Mistborn is a is our recommendation. I would say um, let's branch out from Harry Potter in a different way. So before I read Mistborn, I read Name of the Wind first. Okay. When I was maybe sixteen or seventeen. Picked that up. This was probably in the midst of the Harry Potter craze, so I'm guessing uh, Deathly Hollows probably wasn't out yet. Might need to fact check myself. I think Dame of the Wind came out in like 08.
1: When did Deathly Hollows come out? Around the same time? Deathly Hollows came out. No, it was earlier than 08. It's like oh six. Okay. Okay, so maybe I'm lying
0: to myself a little bit. But the point is. As a young Harry Potter fan, Named the Wind drew me in right away. There is a magic school. I don't think we're spoiling too much by saying that. And there is a protagonist that you can really latch onto. And in this case, the writing is really good. Like it's, it's top-notch fantasy writing. It draws you in right away. And this was a book that I binge read in like two days and was unable to do anything else. I found it at my grandparents' house on vacation. And I was basically AWOL the rest of the vacation because I was holed up reading this book. I was a big nerd when I was younger. Still am. I mean, no surprise, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, yeah. I really like Name of the Wind as well. I think that it's really hard to recommend knowing yeah. that it might not be finished. You know, I. I but having said that, I got my, my wife is about to finish it. She's like 80% of the way through it. So I made her read it and she's enjoyed it. So it's it's hard to recommend in the sense that we might not ever get an ending. You just have, kind of have to be realistic about that. You know, like we just might not.
0: It's tough, right? And this is a hot button topic in the fantasy book verse right now with all the controversy coming out with, uh, with Rothfuss's editor saying she doesn't really think or she has some doubts to as if it will ever be finished. And that's hard to brush aside, right? Like this is his editor coming out on a public forum saying that she doesn't think that the author's written in six years. That's a bad sign. And the second book was published in 2010. I'm pretty sure on that. So that's a solid 10 years.
1: Either 2010 or early 2011.
0: But yeah. So we haven't seen anything. Like you say, that's a little hard to recommend. I would still recommend the first book. No hesitation at all, because I think it's a fantastic book in of itself. I would maybe have a little bit of doubts. Like if someone was like, oh yeah, I like the first book. If they didn't love it, I don't know if I would really push them into wise man's fear because knowing that the third is a huge question mark means that maybe like the second, which was not quite as strong as the first, maybe that's not quite worth someone's time if they didn't love the first one, but I loved both. So I I would recommend.
1: Yeah. I think that's, you just have to be, tell them, you know, huge caveat. One of the best books, one of the best fantasy books out there. You might not get a resolution in the series. Proceed at your own risk. That's what it is.
0: Sadly, that's kind of the state of things. We're hoping for news. It's kind of concerning that Rothvis has been like radio silence since this came out. Hardly hardly anything. So that's concerning. You think if this wasn't the case that he had been writing, he would come out and tell his fans, like, I've been writing and here I'm trying to help you guys, but nothing
1: well yeah but maybe not maybe he just wants to not get involved with the whole thing i don't know yeah whatever i don't i don't really want to get into that right now i think it's a great book and read it if you want to read a great book without expectations of a conclusion to the series
0: yeah and there's so many reasons to love the love the book honestly the only person i know that doesn't like the book is daniel green so We've already said his name twice, one for good things, one for bad things.
1: <laughs> well, he's yeah, you're allowed to not like the book. I don't know. I feel like uh, in his videos, he has like three videos on it. And I feel like he gives like valid reasons why he doesn't like it. Yeah, fair. that's fair.
0: Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. So let's say rather than starting at Harry Potter, you are, you're someone who read Lord of the Rings. And you've watched the movies and you're way into Lord of the Rings. This is your jam. You know everything. You've read The Similarian. You're way into the legendarium, whatever it may be, and you would like to read more in the fantasy realm, where would you go, Josh, for someone like this?
1: I think Wheel of Time is the is the best starting place for that person.
0: Natural, right? Yeah. Fr- frankly, I would I would wonder why they haven't read Wheel of Time yet, if there's someone that I described.
1: Well, you know, Wheel of Time is intimidating. You go to the book sh- bookstore or the library and you see like okay. a full shelf, like a literal shelf, right? Of all the wheel of time books. And you're like, well, I'm not gonna, I can't do that. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. But I'd say just go for you start, you
0: know? So I would say wheel of time. I mean, the entirety of the first book, well, at least the first half of the first book is pretty much Robert Jordan paying homage to Tolkien. Like the way it starts is so reminiscent of the scenes in the Shire and, uh, you know, as our heroes run away and they're, they're pursued by the ringwraiths, it's it's no mystery that Jordan was completely inspired by Tolkien and there's a lot more than just what I described that that's comparable between The Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings. I would say it's almost like The Wheel of Time is, maybe this is a bad comparison, but it it's what it would have been if Tolkien had written out in story form all of the events that he kind of outlined in some of his... Legendarium books almost. I don't know. Is that a fair comparison?
1: I do not know. I'm not well versed enough in the legendarium, but the world is expansive enough that it it feels like that. You know, it feels like if you went to a random inn off the side of a road on a in a portion of the map that the characters may have just mentioned, (laughs) that uh Jordan would have known how to describe what was going on in that inn at that moment. Right. Yeah, it's
0: a world that by the time you finish the series, you're totally immersed in. I could point you to a place on the map and you could say, you know, oh, yeah, you know, that's Ered Doman and the Domani people are like this, etc. It's incredibly detailed. Characters are fantastic. I mean, there are some things that the writing's a little flowery at times. And there is a slog, people like to say, where at least a couple of the books, depending on who you talk to, are pretty slow and there's 15 books and I guess in my opinion there maybe don't need to be 15. it could have been cut down a little bit
1: yeah so here's the here's the thing about that is we are in a time when binging is the norm right we just want to binge everything and we want more of a tie, of tighter storylines right and I feel like modern fantasy authors are giving us that but when Jordan was writing he's like, yeah I'm gonna write these books for the next 20. 30 years and who cares if there's a lot of them and if they're long because if you get one book every year that's an easy book to read if you're trying to read 15 books in a year that are all huge then that's a harder thing to do right
0: yeah yeah that's fair and and maybe you know the, the modern age is not like like you say josh if you like binging wheel of time might be tough for you
1: well yeah and there's a lot of wheel of time to binge so maybe if you're like if you yeah. just want a, a lot of content to binge then maybe but it's not exactly super fast paced.
0: Right. You have to be willing to enjoy the grind and enjoy going on the journey with the characters. It's very much a journey before destination series.
1: So, okay. What about this one, Steven? This is the antithesis of the Lord of the Rings fan you mentioned, but what about somebody who got swept up in the game of Thrones phase craze, but has never really read a book outside of what they read for school, you know, like, and they hated reading in school, but they, they loved game of Thrones.
0: So just the TV show? they And they haven't read yeah. the Game of Thrones books?
1: They haven't read the books. They just got that an HBO subscription. They got the hype. They went all in. They can name all the actors. And they follow all the Instagram accounts. But they have uh, not. Okay. They think they hate reading.
0: They think they hate reading. Okay, I can go in two directions here. So I'm going to go, and maybe this depends on the type of person it is. Because I think there's a lot of wiggle room there but I'm going to say either Red Rising or First Law. What do you think?
1: I mean, I'm kind of wondering why I didn't just say Game of Thrones books, The Song of Ice well, no, and no, Fire. No, no,
0: no, no. I, I, <laughs> okay, sure. I, I thought those were out. I thought you were trying to expand
1: House of Game no, of Thrones. No, but, but you know what? I might not even recommend those because those are kind of hard books to read. Like you have the advantage of knowing the beats for most of the series that's out so far, right? You, yeah. you know the story beats for most of it. but it's not like the writing in those books is like super accessible, you know? Yeah, I, mean? I wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't recommend song Ice and fire to someone unless they'd already read a different fantasy series and liked it. I think that's one that people give up on. People are like, yeah, I really love the show. And then they read the book and they're like, Oh yeah, I know the characters. And then by the time they get in the middle, they're like, Oh man, the show is a little more like exciting and sexy than the books are. And they kind of give up. I, I've heard, I know people who've done that.
1: Even me honestly so i read the first book and watched the first season and i was i was like i'm only going to do one of these things like that's just the way i wanted to experience it and Uh so i was like i'm gonna watch the series because it was more entertaining to me and i'm not saying that that's like right the right opinion to have but now i'm waiting until at least the next book comes out to read the rest of the series
0: yeah i think like i said the series is great i love song of ice and fire i've read all the books i'm looking forward to ones of winter when it does come out. But I don't think it's for everyone. I think there's a lot of people who are just not as into reading and would s- start somewhere else, would enjoy a simpler read, like Red Rising, or a book that's a similar feel, like First Law, but is like a little bit easier to sink your teeth into.
1: I, I really like your First Law recommend. the The only thing with First Law, and I say this, like, as a fan of the series, is that I think that the pacing in the first book is a little weak
0: yeah i know fans of the series don't love the blade itself like it's not their favorite they i mean they like the book but compared to other books it's not their favorite
1: but i do think that's a great recommendation i think that if they can get past the first book then there's a lot of love in first law and i think that that would be a great recommend
0: so i think first law the writing is fantastic i would say honestly it's probably my second favorite writing quality behind Rothfuss. i love abercrombie's writing it's just so funny and Perfectly dark, like it, it's for sure a dark book. It's it's of the grim dark genre. So that's maybe why I say if you like Game of Thrones, this would be a thing for you. Characters are gonna die. They're gonna die in kind of gruesome ways. And if that's gonna bother you, then First Law is not for you. It's it's definitely not for everyone. But if you're someone who really kind of latches onto that and can find the dark humor really engaging, then First Law for sure is a, is a easy recommend.
1: Nice. Okay, I have I have another one for you.
0: Well, hang on. So, Red Rising. So,
1: okay, okay.
0: Do, do you think that recommend kind of fits in with Game of Thrones? Uh, also,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna offend people, but I didn't love the first book, and I re- I got oh, I right. stopped reading the second book. So that's right. You're you're the, that person. I'm that person.
0: Yeah, I forgot that you were that person. You haven't even read this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this I is a wrong opinion. Too. This is a wrong yeah. opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You need to give it another shot. I think you're willing to give it another shot, right?
1: So, so, so here's what happened with my Red Rising is I was reading Red Rising and uh, Dark Tower at the same time. And Dark Tower was just so much more captivating to me. And I just wanted to read Dark Tower. And then I started to want to read just Other King. And then I just didn't have not felt compelled to jump back into Red Rising yet.
0: So I haven't read any Dark Tower. So I don't know if I can respond to that. But I'll say that the reason why I chose Red Rising for a Game of Thrones watcher is For someone who hasn't read a lot, or that's not quite their thing, Red Rising is very accessible. It's bordering, again, kind of bordering on YA, although there are some more adult themes. But the writing is very accessible. The characters are are pretty easy to kind of latch onto. It's very fast-paced, probably the fastest-paced book that we will talk about. It's sci-fi. It's not fantasy. So maybe even like an Ender's game or, or card fan might find Red Rising something that they like. And then more than that, like it's it's fairly gritty. Like there's some dark things that are happening to characters, although not nearly like grim dark, like like you'd see in First
1: Law. Uh, see, that's where I think I disagree. With. I think my my issue with uh, with the first book, it was so all over the place. Like I felt like it was kind of trying to be like a YA, like a Hunger Games type thing. But then there were some really dark things that happened, like really dark. And I don't want to spoil things, so I'm just gonna leave yeah, it there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like there's like sexual assault. There's
0: Well, Hunger Games is fairly dark when you think about it.
1: Yes, but Hunger Games it has a dark premise, but I don't think it gets like as intense as Red Rising does.
0: And and neither one are like super on camera with the dark stuff, I would say. Uh, but definitely topics that are touched on.
1: Yeah. So, here's one for you, Stephen. What about somebody that got swept up in the Sanderson craze and read like has consumed pretty much all the Cosmere content and has maybe like read, you know, when they were a kid, read Harry Potter and hunger games and stuff like that. So they've, they knew that they liked reading, got exposed to Sanderson, but hasn't read outside of him really.
0: Man, there's a lot of ways to go with this. So I guess I was, I was wondering when we were going to touch on Sanderson I mean, we, there's no way that phantology can avoid Sanderson. We're total fanboys. But uh so, so you're not even gonna say when do you recommend Sanderson? We're we're assuming people are going to get into it. we, we already talked about we talked about this Mistborn, is just for that we? guy.
1: Right. That guy that maybe they write Harry Potter, somebody recommended then somebody recommended Mistborn, they like devoured Mistborn, loved it, so they branched out have are current on all of the Cosmere stuff, and they need to scratch their itch and get, you know, another okay. book in their hands. Okay.
0: So there's a lot of ways to go with this one. This is a good one. So I'll, I'll start with two directions that come to mind right away, and then we'll see where it goes from here. So I'm going to say either Lightbringer or Powder Mage. Okay. Yeah. Your, your reaction?
1: Yeah. So um, I think that those are both great recommends. So Lightbringer is where I think I would go with that because it's different enough from Sanderson that you're getting like a different style. Whereas Powder Mage, I think is like not different enough from Sanderson. Like I feel like if you've just read Sanderson, like I would want to expose some way like a little bit different of a palette, you know? Sure. Yeah. And so I think that I think I would go with Lightbringer over Powder Mage. Having not finished the series, I'm in book three right now.
0: Of, of Powder Mage, you mean?
1: Of Powder Mage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and there's there's two trilogies there. So you're in book three of the first trilogy. Yeah, so I, I'm with you there. I think uh, there's a lot of similarities. I, I do like Lightbringer a little bit more overall. I really liked Powder Mage as well. I mean, this is this is tough. I, I, Lightbringer's a little stronger. I think it's unique enough. I mean, it's got a very Sanderson-esque magic system, but the characters are really strong. It's got some of the best gray characters that I've seen. It's got a lot of twists. It's got a lot of nice villains. The ending is pretty controversial. Some people hated it. Some people loved it. I'm like 90% loved it. Although there were some things that I had an issue with and both are completed series. So these are easy recommends.
1: I haven't finished powder mage. So I don't feel like even the first trilogy. So I don't know how well, how well the endings are done with that. I think that the Sanderson's strongest point are his endings and he's only ended Mistborn, but I thought that that was, Here's kind of a hot take. I think that Mistborn has the best ending to any fantasy work that's completed right now. Era one.
0: It's a, it's a decent take. It's a decent take. That was a mind blowing ending.
1: Keeping that spoiler free. I think that a reason to read Mistborn is the ending and all of his endings and his books are all really good. I feel like powder mage. The endings are just okay. That's fair to the individual books so far. The two I've read, like they're good. So maybe they're, like, okay to good, but they're not, like, Sanderson endings, you know?
0: Yeah, no, that, that that's fair. I think there are some things you can certainly nitpick on Powder Mage. So Powder Mage is written by Brian McClellan, who's actually a student of Sanderson's while he was at BYU and has been recommended, like, on the book jacket, there's a blurb, from Sanderson. It's got, a, again, a Sanderson-esque magic system. It's got some really good characters, and it's got a unique setting in that it's a flintlock fantasy. So if you look at the cover, you'll know there's a guy with a gun sitting there. So there's some guns involved. It's more of that. It's not like your medieval fantasy. So there's a lot of uniqueness to it. There's a lot to love. The plots do get a little convoluted and like aren't quite the uh, the avalanche that we expect in a Sanderson. At the end, I mean,
1: but they're good. I like them.
0: And I thought the second the second trilogy, which is called Gods of Blood mm-hmm. and Powder. Uh, some of the same characters. I thought that trilogy was better than a Swiss trilogy, which is great. He's trending in the right direction. He's writing another series called The Glass Immortals, I want to say. Fact check me on that. I'm, I'll be impressed with myself if I pulled that out of the hat. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, McClellan is the guy to watch, I think. Fair. Okay, so what else do we need to cover here? So maybe we need some recommendations for for those of us. What, what series do we need to recommend? I want to throw. Uh, I,
1: I want to throw something at Dresden. Who do we recommend Dresden to? Okay, Dresden is for urban fantasy people. You know, maybe somebody that like read Harry Potter, but they like don't really like the idea of going, you know, horses and and medieval style fantasy.
0: Yeah, so they read Harry Potter and they prefer it to take place in our time.
1: Right. Let's not forget they that like Harry Potter's like urban fantasy. You know, it's yeah. not it's not epic fantasy. It's, it is urban fantasy, right? So I think that maybe Harry Potter and maybe somebody that's like read detective novels, maybe somebody that's read like even Robert Lund- Ludlum, am I saying his name right? Somebody that's read uh, contemporary novels but is looking for a bit of a spicy magic in their novels.
0: Yeah. So Dresden, it's about a wizard in Chicago in our day. He is a private investigator and he takes on a variety of different enemies from different uh, walks of the supernatural community. And it's fantastic. It's very, it's very witty. There's a lot of just kind of fun puns and references to our world. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And uh, we usually describe it as a fun romp through Chicago. Yeah. And there's 16 books out.
1: Here's one for you, Steven what would you recommend for somebody that is like a pretty big sci-fi nerd like they've read they've read like card they've read three body problem they've read you know kind of like the mainstays in in sci-fi but they're looking to get more into the fantasy side of things
0: okay so more of a crossover i'm not a huge sci-fi guy i'm gonna i'm gonna admit you know i'm not a Definitely not an expert. I would recommend Three-Body Problem to someone who liked sci-fi. That's a fantastic series written by a Chinese author that's fairly new and – well, fairly new to English, at least. It was just translated over. And that's got some mind-blowing stuff in it. So oh, yeah. So if, they, if they've already read that and now they want to do more fantasy, I mean, can we say the Expanse books?
1: Yeah. So I haven't read the Expanse books. I know you've started, right? No,
0: I haven't. I've actually started the oh, show. Yeah. Um, there's some pretty big Expanse fans on our Discord, and I guess maybe quick shout-out, if you like Fintology and you want to chat with us more about any of these series, join our Discord, and we have channels for all these different series, so please let us know more about uh, the, the details of your beloved series. We're just fans of all of these, definitely not experts. But as far as the Expanse goes, this is a series that I really want to read. Just haven't got to it yet. There's too, too long. My TBR list is too long.
1: I think that somebody that's really into sci-fi they might like for some reason, Lightbringer again, just kind of stands out to me as like, it's not really sci-fi, but it, it has some, some cool ways that they use magic. magic. Yeah. Yeah. They use magic in some cool ways that like seem not, it's not realistic because it's magic, but like, it's just a cool way that it's done.
0: Yeah. It's like, if I, could access the magic i feel like i should be able to you know do all these things that it seems super realistic to the point where you're like oh yeah i can you know use magic in this way so i can do this and this and you know right away
1: you know what actually let me kind of revise that too because i i really like lightbringer but i also want to say that a good recommendation for somebody that's read sci-fi that wants to start branching into fantasy might be um dark tower because there are some sci-fi elements to it, like okay. some pretty on-the-nose sci-fi elements to it. And there are a ton of fantasy elements to it. And anything more would be spoilers, and I don't want to spoil things for you. But it's a dark series. It's written by Stephen King. I would recommend like ha- uh, reading some Stephen King books because there's some characters from um, some of his other books that appear in it. But if you just want to go in blind, then that's okay, too. It's handled well enough that like you could still enjoy it there are some sci-fi things in there with it still being like a fantasy series.
0: Again, this is another series that's on my TBR. I've, I've heard enough discussion about it. In fact, you and I have a, an episode out about the series where I just kind of interview you and get your opinion, Josh. So I know you loved it and I know the characters are fantastic and I know a few other small details. So I, I am going to read it eventually, but yeah, man, that, that TBR list just keeps on getting longer and longer. Yeah, it does. Okay, so at what point, man? There's some other series here that I, I we want to like recommend all the other series. I think that's kind of what we're doing. We're just trying to lead lead each other into this. So maybe I'll just like throw out a series, and you tell me at what point you'd recommend this series to someone. Okay. So at what point would you recommend? How many of the Farseer books did you read? The Robin Hood books.
1: So I read the first trilogy. I, I okay. haven't really continued on.
0: So wh- wh- who would you recommend that type of series to?
1: Okay. So. I feel like I read it at the perfect time in my fantasy reading journey. So I had kind of read it after I had read all Sanderson stuff after I had read, no, it was before I had finished the wheel of time. So I'd read like half of the wheel of time and was kind of looking for something outside of the wheel of time and outside of Sanderson that had You'd read-
0: probably read name of the wind as well. And this is very much a coming of age type tale.
1: Yeah. So I think somebody that, has read a lot of fantasy and somebody that's not just looking to stay up with all the modern trends and maybe wants maybe a little bit of taste of like classic fantasy. I don't know if it could be considered classic because it was published like in the nineties.
0: Yeah, it, it started in the nineties. So there's a lot of different elements to this series. There's actually 16 books in the entirety of the realm of the elderlings. And it's divided into five different series I've read them all. I really like them. Ryan and I have both read them all. Actually, no, that's not true. Ryan hasn't read them all. He's just read the Fits and the Fool books, which are kind of the main core to it. And there is, again, like an extended universe with two other side series that have some characters. These are really underrated books, I'm going to say. It's, like I said, it starts off with the coming of age, but then it becomes so much more to it. It's a little grimdark in just the way that something's happened to characters, but not as much as First Law. and Not, not nearly some, as
1: much as First Law. Not nearly.
0: Not as not as much, but there are some fairly dark things that are happening to characters that you care about. And it's got some classical fantasy elements, like you're saying. I think it would appeal to, to a wide range of, of people, and I kind of wish more people would read them.
1: Yeah, so I think that, there was like weirdness happening with the fantasy series, like with fantasy genre in general in the 90s, right? Like everyone was kind of trying to recreate Wheel of Time, but just had really tropey things going on. I feel like for the most part, like that was what 90s and fantasy was, was like trying to get in another Wheel of Time, trying to follow the similar beats and tropes. But this is a series that like broke out of that, I'd say.
0: This and of Ice and Fire, obviously.
1: Yeah, obviously but not very, I don't feel like very many series really broke out of that.
0: Like if you're trying to come up with your stereotypical fantasy book, it's got some kind of cover with real cheesy artwork with maybe like a bare chested man. I mean, not even romance, but just like some really muscly looking dude doing magic or like wielding a sword. And yeah, Yeah. it's always kind of like that. And frankly, none of those books are books that I've ever really enjoyed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I really like the first trilogy, Stephen. Who are you going to recommend Malazan to?
0: Yeah, that's kind of the, the that's the elephant in the room right now. I think at this yeah. point, Malazan man. Okay, <sighs> someone who has read a lot—not all the series we talked about—but they've got They they need to have read several of the series we've already talked about and liked them, and liked them because they like the detail and depth of worlds that are created and if you like fantasy for that reason and are willing to invest in another long series that takes it to an entirely to an entirely different level then i will recommend Malazan to you but i will not recommend Malazan to you unless you have met those prerequisites
1: so the best way to describe Malazan is it's like a 700 level college course right uh, yeah yeah, so it's like you can take like your 101 is like Harry Potter. You're like 201 is like maybe Mistborn. Your 301 is maybe Stormlight Archive. You know, and then like you have Malazan, like just.
0: <laughs> it's way beyond. It's way beyond anything else. It's really not all that comparable to anything else other than saying like, okay, let's say you took a bunch of your favorite series, mashed them up, made them 10 times more complex. Yeah, and. And, and also, and also. We're not going to tell you as the reader what's going on. You have to figure it out.
1: Or what you should be paying attention to. What details are important and what just are in the scene just to be in the scene. And I don't want to get roasted because I've only read the first two books, but not have like the best characters ever. Like it is not a character driven story.
0: It's not supposed to be. There are good characters. There's characters that I really like from individual books, but, and I'm with you, Josh, I've only read the first two. So we're probably not super qualified to talk this series but my understanding is they're going to switch up quite a bit and it's more about the plot.
1: Yeah. And, and so it's, you can't be a reader that is compelled by characters. You can't be a reader that is just going to kind of, I at least it by and let the story wash over you. You have to really be into it. Yep. All right. I don't know. What other recommends do we need to touch on Steven?
0: Well, so a few other series that I like, we haven't, we haven't talked over there. Maybe not quite as well known, so let's talk some Lock Lamora.
1: Ooh, oh, how have we missed? Okay, it's hard because Lock Lamora is not a series that like is going to be anybody's first. Like, if they like something, then you go to Lock Lamora. You know, I feel like Lock Lamora is a series that you are a fan of fantasy, so so you read Lock Lamora, right? Is that a good way? Yeah, to you, it? yeah.
0: You, you probably don't pick it up right away. It's probably something that's been recommended after you've read. Some others, but I think it makes sense in your in your fantasy progression pretty naturally. So I would say this is again a, a book that you need to be comfortable with a little more content with. So, but it also hits on some more classical fantasy themes. Like the characters are real good. The plot isn't anything that's super complex. Like you're able to dive into the story pretty well, and the story's really good. It's more of kind of a heist story and, and almost like a buddy cop story a little bit with two of the main characters really memorable. There's three books out so far. There's going to be more. We're hoping this is another one where you got that caveat of it's not but finished. You have, an
1: end. you have an end though. Do you though? You kind of have an end. There, there's a cliffhanger. There's a, it's cliffhanger. a huge, it's a huge cliffhanger though. But, but they have wrapped up a lot of arcs within the books. Like, I honestly did know that there was going to be a fourth book.
0: You're right. in that there is a, there, there is an arc that's finished and the series has been described as like this, these three that have come out so far are supposed to be the prequel to the main trilogy or sorry, the main series that he wants to write eventually, the Scott Lynch wants to write eventually. And so we're hoping for that. We've been expecting the Thorn of Emberlane for a while. And the word is that it like the manuscript is ready to go. It's like, kind of tied up in editorial process or, or something anyway we're hoping for a fourth book soon it's been a while for that one as well but yeah there's like kind of a complete arc enough so that i don't hesitate to recommend it to people if they're like give me a good yeah. series
1: i i think that this has one of the best duos we're doing duos right now in our fantasy poll on twitter this yeah. has it's got to be the best duo like it is so compelling they're so they do so well together i love them being a Loc- and John, like they just, they're so believable, you know, and their character work, how they're uh-huh. portrayed, their interactions with each other. You just feel like this is two friends chatting and getting into sticky situations.
0: Yeah. And it's fun to be along on the, r- with them on the ride. Okay. Where do you recommend the veil vale and all Sorna books? Or do you, so uh, this is another, uh, it's another, it's another tricky one.
1: I've only read the first two. Because I you 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 were so disappointed by the third that I didn't want to have my disappointment come, come out. Yeah so,
0: so the first two the first two being Bloodsong and Tower Lord.
1: And I, I like Tower Lord more than I think a lot of people did. I thought it was exciting.
0: Yeah, so Bloodsong for me was five stars. Loved it. One of my very favorite books. We've covered this on Phantology. I actually covered this with The Hero's Journey, which is another one of our friend podcasts. And that's one of my all time favorite books. There are some weaknesses to it, I'll admit, but at the time that I read it, and I've read it a few times now, just loved every page. Van Al Sorna is your typical fantasy hero that can do everything really well, and some people are going to have problems with that, but I tend to love those types of things. So for the same reasons that I love Name of the Wind, I really love Bloodsong. And the series, unfortunately, kind of takes a nosedive after that. Tower Lord was four stars, definitely worth reading, not nearly as good. If you want some humor... Go find my review of Queen of Fire on like Fantasy Book Critic or something, and I just roast it with zero scruples. Give it out, <laughs> just hated the book, man! Like it was such a lame ending to the trilogy. But I will give Anthony Ryan, the author, this he followed that up with another couple books, a duology, as they're called, which you don't see very often. But this is this duology is called The Raven's Blade and Black Song. The second one is actually sitting right in front of me. just came out earlier this month. And he redeemed himself quite a bit. From the nosedive the series took, the, uh, the next two, The Wolf's Call and A Black Song are, are pretty good. And so if you're someone who was unfortunate enough to have read Queen of Fire and are like, oh man, the first book was so good, then read the next two because they're good.
1: So, okay, where are you going to re- recommend Lycanius?
0: Uh like Canius is more kind of on the edge. Like the series was good. I wasn't very high on the ending, the third book, which came out end of twenty nineteen. I was pretty high on the first two, so I was a little disappointed by the end of this one. I would say it's a series where if you like Sanderson, if you like Wheel of Time, this is, has a lot of your classical fantasy feels with some twists and with some good characters. It's it's more of like a not a YA, but again, kind of more of that feel. It's a good series. Nice. What about you?
1: Yeah, it's just hard because nobody really talks about it, right? Like I, I think it is in a in a sense underappreciated because I think it does um, a lot of things really well. Um, in particular, one thing which I don't want to say because some my people people might consider a spoiler, but it takes a sure. typical trope that is not usually done very well and does it very well. So for that reason, and if you if you're interested in what that is, just look it up and you'll find out what it is. But I think it's underrated, you know, like, I think if you like Lightbringer a lot and you like to, you like kids going out and figuring out this world that they live in, like, it's a good story.
0: It's a more modern coming of age. Seems like some of the the more modern fantasy is going away from the coming of age. This doesn't. And it's, it's good for that. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's close with talking about like, where's fantasy going? What are some uh, what are some new, oh, and we have a listener that says they're starting that series this year. Okay, sweet. Let us know what you think of it.
1: Yeah, and I really liked it. I, I read the first book so fast, and I think that you're going to like it. If you have any questions, um, jump on our Discord, and we can try and answer those for you, because you, it is easy to get lost sometimes in that series.
0: A little bit. Yeah, there's some definite complexity to it. Okay, so let's talk, where is fantasy going? And I think two series that are going to help us answer that question are The Poppy War and what's the name of the Rage of Dragons series?
1: Uh yeah. Oh dang. Yeah. Yeah, Rage of Dragons. Rage okay. of Dragons,
0: first book. It's got there's a series name too.
1: <laughs> and I I actually stalled out. I was loving Rage of Dragons so much. And I have my Kindle literally sitting right by me and I'm ready to read again tonight because my wife is out and the kids are asleep. And after this is done, I'm like going to jump back into rage of dragons because it was like quickly becoming a top can like nudging its way into my top 10.
0: But you stalled out. So just, just because of life reasons or because it was good, like getting a little boring or
1: no, it wasn't getting boring at all. Just life reasons, just okay. like kind of crazy. You know, like uh, we started recording more and I, I'm, Committed to reading this book, not listening to it for whatever reason. Like I've just read half of it and I don't really want to start listening to it now.
0: You've heard enough good things about it where it seems like one that you really want to digest, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. And I just have I read like the first 50% in like a week and just okay. life got a little bit crazy after that. And so I'm gonna hopefully I can finish it in the next few weeks.
0: This is a series that I'm also committed to read. I'm committed to reading *Rage of Dragons, Rage of Dragons in the next three months because the second book comes out and I want to be ready for that one. Cause I've heard a ton of great things. Yeah. so Excited to learn more.
1: This is judging by the first half of the first book, but it is kind of uh-huh. a coming of age tale. It takes place with more of like African influences and yeah, it has dragons. Like it's not a spoiler cause it's on the first spoiler. Page. Yeah. <laughs> so there are dragons and, The magic system seems cool. I hope it gets fleshed out really well. It seems like it is. And you're getting more, you're learning more and more about it. And there's so many good tropes that are done so well in this book. And so I really, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. Maybe tonight I might pull an all-nighter because it's really good. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I, and and then I think to go along with this series, the other series uh, that I think represents where fantasy is going is the Poppy War. And I highlight these ones because they both feature heavily feature different cultures, not just your typical European fantasy book setting. And that's where things are going. I mean just look out in the world look we're, we're, look where things are going in the world. We're looking for more acceptance and more mainstream use of other cultures and the fantasy book world is embracing that as well and I love it. I'm excited to I, I really like the first poppy war. This is another eye of the Dragon Republic, the second book sitting um uh, right in front of me as well that I'm planning on reading before the third comes out in November as well so this is another series that's a strong recommend
1: yeah i i really like poppy war i think i've cooled on it a little bit since i read the first book i haven't read the second yet but i i did like it and the ending was i i've really enjoyed although i know the ending is is controversial but i agree yeah, with you way, it's
0: way, it's way controversial yeah
1: yeah but i the thing about popular that i really liked is it it mirrors like real life events you know like not directly it's not like using names of places in the real world but like you know what events it's mirroring yep.
0: right it's speculative fiction yeah yeah there's no secret is so it. it's it's heavily rooted in asian history we'll say
1: yeah um, cool. with another female protagonist kind of younger female pr- protagonist
0: yeah whose name rhymes with vin <laughs>
1: yeah but it it gets dark too that was one thing i didn't love about the series was the all over changes in like tone yeah i guess you could say there could be just not a lot going on and then like war crimes being committed that are like atrocious and that like are really graphic and are still sticking in my mind like eight months later after having read it so i i I don't mind grimdark like i read grimdark but it just seemed like things would come out of nowhere yeah
0: I'm with you alright well we are unfortunately in a hard stop thanks for the comments I wish we had time to respond to these but uh, this was fun Josh and hopefully um, listeners enjoy kind of this just broad overview of where fantasy's at so if you like Fantology, check us out at Phantology Books at com, and please hop on our Discord and chat with us more about your favorite series and let us know your opinion on our takes here we are just fans not
1: experts but there are experts on the Discord for most of these series
0: Yeah, and we're experts in some things too. But uh, all right, I'm going to wrap up now. Thanks, Josh. See you next time. Thanks, Stephen.